Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason, so that our lives can impact the world. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Today we're kicking off a new series called What's Next. Uh, The thing is, we all have a next step in our journey with God, and this series is designed to help you figure out what that step is for you. It's going to be different for all of us, but you can find out what that is for you. But for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. At No Limits, we're on this mission of making a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God. We want to help people find freedom, and we want to help people discover their purpose. In other words, we want to help you live the life that God planned for you before you were even born. And it's a journey. You don't get there overnight, and that's why we meet together every Sunday. That's why we hang out together in our small groups throughout the week, because we need each other to reach this goal. And the goal that we're reaching for is actually found in Ephesians 3.20, which basically says that when we allow God's power to work in us, there's no limits to what he can accomplish through us when we come together as a group of believers who just let him have full control. So that's what we're after, and that's why our name is No Limits Church. So go ahead and look at whoever's watching with you right now or whoever you're with, and, and just look at them and say, it's time to take the limits off. Or if you're watching by yourself, you can go ahead and say it out loud to yourself. It's time to take the limits off. Now, before we get into the message today, I want to take a moment and celebrate this special day because today is the 12th anniversary of our church. So happy anniversary, No Limits. In the Bible, 12 is considered the perfect number. It also symbolizes completeness and wholeness. It also symbolizes God's power and authority. How cool is that? So I told you guys this already, but 2020 is the year of wholeness for our church. God's going to take all the pieces of our lives and bring them together into the most beautiful picture. And he's also taking our individual gifts and he's bringing them together as one church so that we can experience God's power and authority here in our church like we've never experienced it before. And this isn't me just being hopeful. This is actually something that the Holy Spirit's been putting on my heart for, for months now. We're about to see the power of God. Miracles, signs, and wonders happen in our church on a regular basis and happen in our lives on a regular basis. Who's ready for that? So happy 12th anniversary, church. Know this, the coronavirus can't stop or even slow down what God's doing through our church. This is going to be our best year ever, and I truly believe that. Now, speaking of the virus, I want to tell you guys that I believe that the power of God is about to show up and show this virus who's boss. I'm serious about it. There's thousands of churches praying around the globe, believing for a miracle of God. God didn't create this virus, but he can sure use this virus to bring good things into your life and to bring good things into our world. Now, you've probably noticed that there's like an all-out attack on faith right now. Like the people who are choosing faith over fear are being harshly criticized. And then there's also an attack on hope, because I don't know if you've realized this, but every time President Trump gets on and, and shares a broadcast of hope, people, you know, really get on to him for being out of touch with reality. And have you also noticed there's an, there's an attack on love? Like I'm talking about patience and kindness, not rude, not boastful. You know, that kind of love that we find in 1 Corinthians 13. It seems to have been thrown out the window through all of this. So faith, hope, and love are being thrown to the side in favor of data, theories, and predictions. I want you to take a look at this scripture. 1 Corinthians 13.3 says, Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So have faith that you won't get the virus and that you won't pass it to anybody else. Have hope that God's going to take this bad and turn it for good in your life. And love those who don't agree with you. Like, be kind, be patient. Don't be boastful about your opinion of this or that. Just be kind and be patient and show love. 
So faith, hope, and love, these three things are, what are what's going to follow us into eternity. And if you have to abandon any of those three things to participate in what the world's doing, you probably need a course correction. And that's what this new series is going to give you. It's going to help you realign yourself with God's plan for your life. Because how many of you need a little realignment once in a while? It's going to help you remember to live your life with eternity in mind. Because I don't ever want you to forget we have this life. And then we have eternity that goes on forever. So what's next? What's next for you in your spiritual journey? That's the question today. Because you see, God's given us a clear path of our walk with him. And right now you're somewhere along that path. And in this series, I want to serve as your tour guide, and here's why. In Proverbs 29, 18, it says, If people can't see what God's doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they're most blessed. Think of this like somebody who needs glasses. Like, without them, they kind of stumble around and, and struggle to find their way, right? They put on their glasses, and all of a sudden, they can see clearly, and they have a much more enjoyable and productive life. If you're fuzzy on God's plan for your life, you're going to be frustrated, And maybe that's where you are right now, like you're frustrated with your life. So welcome to the eye clinic. Take a seat. We're going to find your prescription. Move all those little, just imagine yourself like at the eye doctor right now. And the first step in this is actually a proclamation of faith that we find in Psalms. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So right there in your living room, or wherever you are, you guys here with us, let's speak the scripture out loud together in faith. One, two, three. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. All right, guys, let's pray. God, we come to you today in faith, trusting that you will make clear your plan for our lives. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you're going to renew our minds today with the truth and dispel all the lies that we've believed in Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you surveyed a large, large group of people and you asked them, you know, what questions do you have for the church? The number one question would actually be like, what's God's will for my life? Everybody kind of wants to know that. So if you have that question, let me reassure you, you're asking the right question, and I commend you on that. So let me serve as your tour guide through the series so you can get an answer to that question. I'm believing you're going to get an answer. But first, let me show you why it's not clear to you already. You might be thinking, you know, if God wants me to know his plan for my life, then why can't I see it? Well, let me show you. It's found in John 10, 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. So the devil has one goal, to steal from you. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your passions. He wants to steal your hope, and he wants to steal your health. He wants to steal it all away from you. The the enemy wants to steal God's plan from your life, and that's why it's not clear to you, because he's out there trying to steal it from you. But check this out. Same verse. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's Jesus talking. So this is a promise that Jesus made to you. In other words, you can have this. You can have life to the full. Back to this vision thing. If you can't see very well, people come and steal stuff from you without you even knowing, right? Because you didn't even see that it was going on. And it kind of reminds me of one of my favorite commercials that aired years ago. So go ahead and take a look at this. Might take a second to load here. Missing something? Like the BOGO event at Sears Optical. Right now, buy any pair of glasses and get a second pair free. Sears Optical. Don't miss a thing. Can I know this girl? Now, for those of you who are listening through the podcast and you couldn't see that, basically it was a woman who went out on her porch at night without her glasses and she said, here, kitty, kitty. And then a raccoon came in and she thought it was her cat, came in and got in bed with her. Pretty funny, but this kind of stuff is actually what happens when you're not clear on God's plan for your life. The enemy sneaks things into your life that shouldn't be there, and then he takes all the good things out of your life. 
But when you get clear on what God has for you, the enemy can't steal from you anymore. And my prayer and hope is that God's plan becomes clear to you through this series so that the enemy can't steal from you anymore. Now, you'll find four clear steps throughout the Bible in regards to your spiritual journey. You'll find it in the Old Testament. You'll find it in the New Testament. And each time it's explained just a little bit differently, but those principles remain the same. And if you've been a part of No Limits for long, you've heard these before. But as we go through them again, I want you to really think about where you are in these four steps. Just kind of self-identify. This is where I'm at. And here's the first one, and that's know God. Everyone, even atheists, have a desire to know God. Because the deal is, like, you're a spirit, and you live in a body, so there will always be something on the inside of you that wants to connect with God. You don't just want to know Him mentally, you actually want to, like, really know Him. You're not looking for a religion, you're looking for a relationship. And the cool thing is, God wants that relationship with you, too. God is madly in love with you. Like, He knows what you did last night, and He's still in love with you. He knows what you're thinking right now, and He's still in love with you. He'll continue to love you no matter what. And I love how the Apostle Paul explains it in 1 Timothy 6.21. Some of these people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. And that's why this is the first step. Before you do anything else, invest your time and energy into knowing God. Take a moment to self-identify. Is, is this where you are in your spiritual journey? Do you know God? Do you like really understand that He loves you? Like, you know it on the inside. Because the next step is not going to work unless you first know God. And there's no shame in being in step one, being at step one. You're not behind and God's not mad at you. So if you're here, know God, then own it and jump into it, full throttle. And once you know God, here's the next step, find freedom. It's when you get over all the hangups, the past, the shame, the secrets, the habits, the addictions. We're talking about ridding yourself of everything that you know, if it was not in your life, your life would be a heck of a lot better. Now we're all on a quest to find freedom and even people who don't go to the church are on a, or go to church are on a quest to find freedom and they try to find it in like pills or, or Botox or sex or finding the perfect job or like whatever it is that can help you escape your current reality and find freedom from that pain. But there's, one, there's only one way to lasting freedom and it's found in John 8, 36. So if the son, if Jesus sets you free, you are truly free. Jesus is the only one who can give you lasting freedom. Listen to me, I'm proclaiming the gospel right now. Jesus came to set you free. He came to set me free. And once you've found freedom, and only once you've found freedom, can you move on to the third step, which is discover purpose. As Mark Twain said, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day that you find out why. For those of you who have been on an endless search for your purpose and you can't seem to find it, you're like, where is it? It's probably because you need to back up a step and find freedom first. You got to know God. You got to find freedom before you can discover your purpose. I like how Pastor Chris Hodges says it. He says, unless you wipe the smudge of yesterday off your glasses, you can't see God's best for you for tomorrow. Which, by the way, an indicator that you've actually found freedom is when your purpose all of a sudden becomes clear. Like it's been there all along and you can't believe that you couldn't see it. Take a look at this, Galatians 6.4. It says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given, and then sink yourself into that. So God created all of us with a unique and with a specific purpose. That includes you. And it's when we discover this purpose and start living it out that we begin to experience the full life that we talked about earlier. This leads us to the ultimate destination in your spiritual journey, which is make a difference. We're actually going to start with this one today because I believe the map's a little bit easier to follow whenever you know the destination. 
So go ahead and plug this into the address of your spiritual journey map. We're headed to make a difference. You were created to make an incredible difference in the lives of those around you. And we're talking about a blow your mind type of difference. So even if you've kind of tapped into this and you're making a difference in, in lives around, like you still don't understand the fullness of what God wants to do through your life. And here's why this is so important for us to get to this destination of making a difference. In John 15, 8, it says, when you produce much fruit, like when you're out there making an incredible difference, you're my true disciples. And this brings great glory to my father. So the way we bring glory to God is to make a difference. We're to be like a tree that produces not just a little bit of fruit for people to enjoy, but a lot of fruit for people to enjoy and partake of the goodness of God. And that's not all. Yes, a difference-making life is going to bring glory to God, but it also does something for you too. Just a few verses down in John 15, 11, it says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is God's plan for you. He wants you to get to a place where you're making a difference in the lives of others because he knows it's not just going to bring glory to him, but it's going to give you an overwhelming amount of joy. How cool is that? So I encourage you to write down this next thing that I'm going to show you so that you can put it on your fridge and never forget it. Here it is. My ultimate purpose in life is to make a difference for eternity. It's common for Americans to see church as something that exists for them. Like, I need to go to church to to get what I need from the church. And yes, I want you to walk away with something every time we have church. But let me remind you of something. We're not here for ourselves. We're here to make a difference. And I know you guys get this, but the gravitational pull to, like, selfishness is so strong that I do have the responsibility to remind you and remind myself of this at least several times a year. When I come to church, I'm here for you. Like I prepared this message this past week for you, and I got up early this morning to make sure that I was ready to deliver this message because I care about you. And when you come to church, you're not here for you. You're here to serve other people. And in this case, case, since you're primarily only able to join online, maybe you should just take a look through the chat feed before you close down the service today and just find one person there that you can encourage. Just reach out to them directly. That's a cool way that you can make a difference through this online church thing. But here's the deal. Never let these words right here leave the forefront of your mind. My ultimate purpose in life is to make a difference for eternity. And we all need to adopt the same mindset that the Apostle Paul had. We found it in Acts 20, 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for, the finishing, for finishing the work assigned to me by my Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And just in case you thought that this assignment was only for pastors and church leaders, Let me show you another scripture in Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we should walk in them. This is for all of us. Like we were all created for good works. We were all created to make an eternal difference in the lives of those around us. And the people who have figured this out are those that like seem to have a monopoly on happiness. Like they're always walking around without, they're always walking around with a smile and it just kind of makes you upset. You're like, how, how can they get to be happy all the time? I don't get it. And it's not that their life is perfect. They just understand why they're here. So when life is throwing them punches, they still continue to make a difference in the lives of others. And that's what dispels the darkness, dispels the depression, and allows them to live with a smile on their face, even when everything seems to be falling apart around them. Years ago, there was a story that came out in a Florida newspaper about a dog race. I've seen a horse race before, which makes sense because like a person can get on the horse, right? And ride them and show them which way to go and keep them motivated. But you can't ride a dog. 
Although all of us with kids have, have tried this before. You know, you put your small kid on your dog to see if you can get it to work, but it never works. So you can't ride a dog. So how do you keep it focused during this race? Well, it turns out there's a mechanical rabbit that actually goes around the track and the dogs chase the rabbit. And the story in the newspaper was telling how during the race, the mechanical rabbit somehow malfunctioned and it actually blew up, like fur going everywhere. So without something to chase, the dogs totally lost it. Some of them just laid down right there on the track and took a nap. Others just kept running a straight path and ended up running through a fence and breaking some of their ribs. And then the rest of them, they just kind of like turned to the audience who was watching the race and just barked their heads off. Bark, 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 bark. Boy, isn't that a picture of humanity? When you don't have a focus for your life, you'll take a nap, you'll hurt yourself, or you'll bark at everybody else. It's true, isn't it? Luckily, we don't have to chase a mechanical rabbit around the track because Jesus made it very clear what our focus should be in this life. Jesus went to the cross for our sins. He died, and then three days later, he rose back to life. He hung out on earth for a little bit while giving us his final instructions, and these are his last words before he went up to heaven. He's like, this is the most important thing. Take a look at this. Acts 1.8, this is the very last thing he said while he was here on earth. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I love the, that the word witnesses is used here because it kind of takes the pressure off. Sharing the good news is as simple as telling others what Jesus has done in your life. You take the witness stand and you share about your life. You don't have to go to Bible school. You don't even have to memorize the Bible. All you got to do is share your story. Isn't that awesome? There's also significance to the different places he mentioned in the scripture. Because to those he was talking to, Jerusalem was like home. So it's like if he would have said Owasso or Tulsa. In other words, we're to be witnesses to those closest to us, our family, our coworkers, our city. Judea and Samaria were cities that were close by, but they weren't the same people group, kind of like the people of Owasso might have a hard time relating to the people in North Tulsa. That's kind of like what was going on. We're still supposed to reach out to those people too. And the third group mentioned is to the ends of the earth. Like, I think that one makes sense to you. So let me do a quick recap. So Jerusalem is those closest to me. And this is your first responsibility. This is our first responsibility as a church. If we reach out to others, but we don't take care of what's here in our house, what's here in our city, then we've forgotten a very important part of our mission. My first responsibility is to take care of the church, to help you through the challenging seasons of life to help you understand the Bible, to help you grow in your relationship with God. We're here for those in our church. We're here for those in our cities, but we don't stop there. We can't stop there. Judea and Samaria, those close to me, but different than me. And that's why we support Don't Look Back Prison Ministry and the Pregnancy Resource Center of Owasso. And that's why we love people who don't act like us. We're talking about people who probably rub you the wrong way, yet we're called to make a difference in their life too. But we can't stop there to the ends of the earth, to those far from me. We have a responsibility not just to the people of Owasso, to the people of Oklahoma, to the people of the United States, but to the entire world. And that's why we support ministries in Mexico, and that's why we help build churches in the Philippines. We're a church on mission to make a difference, but can I challenge you today to make this your personal mission? I believe this isn't just for the church as an organization, but it's for us as individuals as well. So let's make this personal. Here's three ways that you can make a difference. And the first one is make a difference in my world. We're talking about your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. That's your, that's your first responsibility. Those people may never come to church, but they'll sure listen to you. So why don't you share your story with them? And here's what Jesus would actually say to you. It's found in Mark 5.19. Go home to your own people. Tell them your story what the master did, and how he had mercy on you. And on a side note, notice Jesus didn't tell you to go tell everyone what's wrong in their lives. Be sure to tell them that if they don't straighten out their life, they're going to go to hell. No, nope, he didn't say that. He said to tell your story. 
how Jesus has changed your life. In just two weeks is Easter Sunday. And studies show that you're four times more likely to get a yes when inviting somebody to church if you ask them to church on Easter than any other Sunday. What an incredible opportunity to connect people with, this, with the message of Jesus. And I don't know if we'll have normal church service on Easter or not. I heard that President Trump was trying to kind of lift the ban before then, but he didn't make it a promise. We don't know what's going to happen. But you know what? Even if we can't meet in the building, you could invite someone over to your house to enjoy the live stream with you and then have a meal with you after that where you could share your story. Wouldn't that be a beautiful Easter thing to do? And if you're one who struggles when people tell you no, join the club. I think most of us do. Well, Easter Sunday is your Sunday, like the odds are ever in your favor. So if you've been waiting to ask somebody two weeks, Easter Sunday is the time to ask them. So be thinking about your circle and who you want to invite to church that day. Take a look at Proverbs 3.27. It says, never walk away from someone who deserves help. Your hand is God's hand for that person. Don't tell your neighbor, maybe some other time or try me tomorrow when the money's right there in your pocket. So let's not let this opportunity pass us by. Be intentional about who you're going to invite to Easter in just two weeks. And don't wait to find out if we're going to have regular service or not. You don't have to wait for that. Just, be, just tell your friend or family member, you know, hey, you may be coming over to my house. You may be going to church with me. We don't know, but I'll let you know when it gets closer. And once you're making a difference in your world, it's time to make a difference beyond my world. And this is probably the most challenging. How in the world can you reach out to people who aren't anything like you? Well, here's what the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 9.22 Whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will tell, let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. So the devil works overtime to get you so worked up about people who aren't like you that you can't even talk to them because you're so upset with how they act or what they do. Like maybe you get bent out of shape about somebody who struggles with homosexuality, or maybe you have a hard time talking to somebody who cusses all the time, or maybe you can't stand people who smoke weed. Or whatever it is, if the enemy can get you upset about things like this, he can keep you from leading people to Jesus. We must all learn to quickly recognize when these things are coming up so that we can push the differences aside and try to find common ground. Even with the most off-the-wall person, you can find common ground. And here's how you do it. Instead of getting upset about your differences, find out where they're hurting and help them. You'll find common ground every time. And it's the connection that opens the door for you to make a difference in their life. Leave it to the Bible to make it super clear for us. Galatians 6, 2, stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you're too good for that, <laughs> you're badly deceived. Well, isn't that easier than you thought? To connect with those who are different than you, simply find out where they're hurting and help them. It's that easy. Now, a little over a year ago, a guy showed up to our church who wasn't anything like me. Like he cussed a lot and he didn't just use you know, the mild cuss words, he used all the cuss words. And as far, and like, I can't, he, he, well, let's see, like he had his med medical marijuana card. Like that's another thing. He talked about cars all the time. Like he liked to raise cars. He liked to build cars. He, he liked to take pictures of cars. And, and you know, I remember cussing a few times when I was a teenager to look cool, but it never stuck. And I can't even recognize the smell of marijuana. Even to this day, I'll be out with my wife and she'll be like, you smell that? And I'm like, no, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And as far as cars go, as long as it works and it has heated seats, like I'm cool with that. Like I'll drive that. So I'm not going to lie. I was rather annoyed by this guy's behavior the first few months he was coming to church because we're used to people like putting on their church behavior when they come to church. And this guy just didn't know what that was. He didn't have church behavior. So I was trying to get over myself and figure out a way to connect with this guy. So I took him to lunch, just me and him sitting there trying to find common ground. 
he'd tell me about like some supercar or supercharger or like something like that. And I would just kind of stare at him like, oh, okay. And then he'd tell me about the latest developments with medical marijuana. And I just kind of nod my head and stare at him. And then he started sharing his story. He told me about some terrible things that had happened to him as a kid. Uh, I began to see his hurt and his pain. And then all of a sudden, like a friendship was created in that moment. And this guy's like a brother to me today. I love you, man. Love you, Brandon. You knew I was talking about you, didn't you? So remember this, to connect with those who are different than you, simply find out where they're hurting and help them. And here's the third way to make a difference. Make a difference in the whole world. And this one seems like really overwhelming. Like, I mean, are we all supposed to pack up and become world missionaries? Let me bring you some comfort. If you were created to be a missionary, you would have a burning desire on the inside of you so strong that you couldn't say no to it. So if you have a panic attack when you think about going on a missions trip, it's probably because you're not called to missions. So just go ahead and take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. But did you know that you make a difference in the whole world every time you give here at No Limits? Last year, we invested over $40,000 as a church into local outreach and global missions. And this represents over 24% of our income going outside these doors to help others. And the primary way that most of us make a difference in the whole world is through our giving. Yes, some of us are called to go on missions trips, and some of us here might even be called to be full-time missionaries one day, but for the rest of us, we're called to be generous together, to bring our resources together so that we can resource those who are taking the gospel into the whole world. Why is this so important? Why should, just, why, why should we just take our hard-earned money and give it away so that the gospel can go into the whole world? Because Jesus gave us a command in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So what does this mean for you as an individual? All this that we talked about today, what does it mean for you? Invite people to church. Easter is your best chance to get a yes, so don't let that pass you by. And tell people your story. Tell them what Jesus did on your, in your life. They can't argue with that, and it's the thing that's going to lead them to Jesus. Reach out to those who are different than you. Find out where they're hurting and help them. Your acts of kindness will open the door for you to lead them to Jesus. And be intentional in your giving. Don't, be moved by, don't wait to be moved by emotion. Give faithfully and intentionally, knowing that your giving is taking the gospel into the whole world. And when you do these things, what you're going to find is fullness of life. You're going to be content and satisfied and full of joy. So however you're joining us right now, whether you're on your phone watching the live stream or you're listening to the podcast or you're right here in service, go ahead and close your eyes right now. Let the Holy Spirit work in your heart. If you realize today that you've been chasing the wrong thing, let me encourage you. There's no shame. There's no regret in the presence of Jesus. So go ahead and just release those negative thoughts right now. And let me pray for you. God, we thank you for your direction. We thank you for your word. We thank you that you're with us. And we thank you that we're able to see more clearly now than we've ever seen before what your plan is for our lives. And God, we repent from... Headed, heading in the wrong direction, chasing after the wrong things. And by repent, that means we're, we're, turning, we're turning around and we're facing you. And you promised that you'd always run to meet us. So right now, as we are letting your Holy Spirit work in our hearts, God, just, just give us a visual of what that looks like. Lord, I ask for everybody who's listening to this message right now, that they experience your love. Let your Holy Spirit fill their room. Let your Holy Spirit fill their heart. Lord, we thank you for your love and your direction and your wisdom. 
And some of you listening right now, just you realize today that you need Jesus. Like you flirted with church maybe here and there and you've tried to pray occasionally, but you've never really committed your life to Jesus. So right where you are, I want you to go ahead and pray a prayer commitment with me. I'm gonna say it line by line and you can just repeat it after me. So if that's you, repeat these words after me. Jesus, I need you. I can't do this on my own. The Bible says that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. Then you rose from the dead to give me a new life. I believe this is true. And I commit my life to you today. In Jesus' name. God, we thank you for those who committed their lives to you today. I know that you're with them. I know that all of heaven is rejoicing over that decision that they made, the best decision of their life. And Lord, I ask that you be with them and that you surround them with people who can support them in this decision that they've made. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, we wanna support you along the journey. If you prayed that prayer of salvation, but we can't support you if we don't know. So we've set up an easy way for you to tell us. Simply text the word Jesus to 918-373-9883. We're not gonna bug you. We're not gonna spam you. We're just gonna help you with your next step. So just go ahead and send that text and we'll get back with you within the next 24 hours. Now there's an amazing ministry in Owasso called the Pregnancy Resource Center. And they support those facing unplanned pregnancy with the goal of giving them the resources and the education that they need to choose life for their baby rather than abortion, which is absolutely incredible. And one practical and fun way that we help the PRC every year is uh, with our annual baby bottle drive. Basically, you take some bottles home with you, you fill them with cash and change, and you bring them back, and we give that money to the PRC. Obviously, that's a problem right now, considering I can't give you a baby bottle through the screen here. So we've set up uh, where you, a way where you can give directly to the baby bottle drive online. You'll find that on our giving page. Now, keep in mind, our goal is to raise at least $1,000 for them, because that's something that we do every year, and I know that we can do it again this year. Y'all, we're here to make a difference, and this is our chance. You probably have something on the inside of you that wants you to hoard everything during this unpredictable time, but the best way to get over that fear is to continue to be generous and maybe even be more generous than you've ever been. That's the stance that I'm taking. So if you're ready to give to the baby bottle drive or you're ready to give your normal tithes and offerings, here's how you do it. Simply head to the browser on your phone or your computer or your iPad or whatever device that you're using. Type in nolimits.fyi into the address bar and then tap the giving button. It's that easy. And let's pray over our offering right now. God, we thank you for the generosity of this church and that it enables us to do incredible things. We thank you that as, as we're generous, it's dispelling fear in our lives and that we're, we're entering into God's economy. Lord, we don't want part of what's going on in the world's economy. We want, we want to be with you. We want to be with what goes on in your economy, which is safe, which is secure, and which is abundant. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.